This morning, uh, we're back in Matthew chapter 27, and we're going to talk about juries and verdicts and sentencing. And I know more about this than all of you here this morning. Um, no, I, I was laughing because there's, depending on your profession here, some of you have uh, been a part of this over and over again. Uh, so uh, Matthew chapter 27, and we will be looking at the Roman trial of Jesus. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you from God's word, starting in verse 11. Uh, now, Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, you have said so. Uh, but when he uh, but when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, do you not hear how many uh, things they testify against you? But he gave no answer, not even to a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the feasts, feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a, a notorious prisoner called Barabbas, so when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, uh, besides that, while he was sitting in the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask Barabbas, ask for Barabbas and to destroy Jesus. The governor said to, uh, again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd and saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it, see to it yourselves. And all the people answered, his blood be on us and our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. God, we ask your blessing on your word that we might understand it clearly, that your spirit might be our teacher, and that we might be changed. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If you uh, recall where we are in the story, that uh, Jesus has been arrested really by the Jews and brought into their authority structure, uh, really the religious authority structure of the Jews, and they found him guilty. They, they didn't find him guilty uh, quickly. It was something where they were assembling witnesses and trying to get a charge against him, and then 
even in a discussion, they, they heard him uh, claim who he was, that he was the Messiah. And now they were bringing that charge. They were bringing that charge to the Romans. Remember, they're bringing it to the Romans because the Jews had authority to settle small things. But the idea of putting someone to death, the Jews did not have authority. They were under the Roman authority. So they brought him to Pilate, who was the governor of that area or that region. And now we get into this idea of what Pilate is going to do with this, how, how he is going to handle this man, Jesus. And so we see Jesus before Pilate, verse 11. Jesus is asked a simple question by the governor. It's not simple in the sense of being small and insignificant. It's just a direct question. And he says, are you king of the Jews? And what Pilate was getting was this. He was coming together and he's wondering, is there a case against Jesus so that he can be put to death? Do you have a case? Uh, this is done every day in America. This is done uh, time and time again. Someone is accused of something. And the question is, by lawyers and judges, uh, public defenders, is this idea that is there a case? What is the evidence? Is the charge connected? And is there enough evidence to convict? And, and the governor, Pilate, he's going for a specific thing that he would have been concerned with. Is, is, is he, do you think yourself to be the king over the Jews? Why would that be so important to Pilate? He's Roman. And really, the only king to the Romans was Caesar. And not just king, but even thought to be godlike, that, that everyone was a subject of Caesar. And so he was asking him, do you find yourself to be over? Are you usurping the authority of Caesar? And Jesus, as he had answered before, even as the religious leaders had asked him about his identity, Jesus said, you have said so. It's a tough one to translate, but it's, um, it's kind of like, that's your words. That's your description. And I'm not challenging that, but you don't have the whole story. It's not. And, and what he was saying was, I am not challenging Caesar. This is a, a spiritual issue. This is different than you see it. Those are your words. They're not necessarily correct or incorrect. From there, he, uh, this, this conversation before Pilate, um, he asked him, are you king of the Jews? He said, uh, you said it so, or in your words. And as he, he, as he says this, the others jump in. Uh, verse 12, but, but when he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. If you can imagine, um, if you think about it, if you can picture yourself in a courtroom and you can, uh, you're accused of a crime, a crime that will end in the death penalty, okay? This is where this is going. And it comes for the time for you to give a defense of your position, of what you did and didn't do. And the judge looks to you and says, uh, 
Do you have any evidence? Do you have any questions? Do you have any witnesses? Um, and he says, I have nothing to say. Nothing to say. You realize how shocking that would be. And in a case where uh, they're talking about crucifixion, that Jesus doesn't answer a word. It's this idea that he doesn't give up one word of defense. He says nothing. And and there's many questions of why and uh, um, some would say that you know if you're if you're not guilty you don't have anything to defend there's nothing to say, but greater than that, he wasn't looking to get out of it. Why? Because it's the plan of God, plan of the Father worked out in the Son. You remember when Peter um, was wanting to defend him. Uh, a few verses back in the garden when he was arrested. Jesus didn't want to escape the suffering. He did want to escape the suffering, but he was marching towards the suffering. Why? Because it was the plan of the Father. And at that point in time, he uh, allowed himself to be arrested. Why? Because that was the plan of the Father. And now, at, at, at the edge of his own crucifixion before a Roman governor, he utters no word. Why? Because the, the plan was for suffering. The plan was for him to be crucified. Pilate uh, was amazed, it says in verse 14. He gave no answer, not even a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. And why wouldn't he be, right? Any judge today would be amazed if someone was uh accused of things and their life was in the balance and there was no defense, no defense at all. This is him before Pilate. Which brings Pilate to an interesting spot. He has to answer the question, is he guilty or not? Right? Is he guilty? And so we look down at verse 15 and Pilate is getting to the point of who is guilty? Who is guilty? He starts out and it talks about the feast. And the feast we assume to be the Passover. And the Passover is a time where the Jews would celebrate of God's faithfulness in the past, God saving them in the past. And as uh, they would celebrate Rome or the Roman governor, he, they would, uh, as a symbol of goodwill to them, they would release one prisoner of their choosing. Now, uh, I was thinking this is kind of interesting. Uh, we live in a community that uh, one of our greatest industries is prisoners, right? It's, it's marked this town uh, for a long, long time. And if I would ask you today, uh, hey, you know, uh, Government, the government that's over us is going to do us a favor today. They're going to release one prisoner. Most of you would go, no, lock up a few more. Uh, th that would be a favor to me. Um, what this is about is this, that Rome was uh, assuming this role that said this. Sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes there's an injustice. Sometimes we would see things that wrong that maybe you Jews would not. And so 
We want to build into the system this idea that we would let somebody off. And you can choose. And I guess there was a system of how this came about. But Pilate comes to this time and he realizes that this uh, could be the one. This Jesus could be the one. Or, and so he's asking this question of who should I release? So there's this custom of releasing one prisoner. In verse 16, it says, and they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. The, the word notorious is a word that um, is one that it, it's that this is what he is known for. He is famous for this. He's a famous criminal. He's particularly distinguished himself like like he is something special of a criminal. And you think about that and you go, uh, there are a lot of criminals in the world right now. A lot of criminals. But for one to stand out as being famous, they must have really uh, identified them as a prisoner. I, some of you know I, I can't keep getting, can't get away from this, this idea. I served jury duty this last year. And uh, the, the whole system was just interesting to me. And, and, and this idea that it's so hard to be convicted of a crime today. And I, I think about this, that, that, there are many people who do crimes, but then there's some that are are good at it and repeat offenders and and what, ones that stand out as someone. Now there's someone who's a criminal, and that was Barabbas. And so now we have a Jesus being the one where Pilate's looking for an offense that he could be connect uh, convicted. And now we enter Barabbas and this idea of letting one go free. Pilate uh, said to them, he said, whom do you want me to release for, for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Christ? The reason that Pilate asked that question was this. He was unimpressed with the case. He, he had this sense that this is not a guilty man. This is not something, that, that, that there's something else driving this. This isn't about his guilt. This is about their jealousy. Even as he says, um, as, he, as he asked this, Pilate knew that they were doing this out of jealousy. And what was their answer? Well. Let me let me back up and say it this way. Pilate, Pilate looked at Jesus and he said, not guilty, not guilty. So Pilate, as this Roman governor, he says, not guilty when he looks at Jesus. We also find in the same passage, um, you heard me read it, that uh the pilot's wife gets involved. Now, now this is um, some difficult. We don't have many details about this other than this. That pilot's wife, it says had a dream. But if you read that, what kind of dream was it? Nightmare, right? Nightmare. You've had these before where you, you went to bed and, uh, you know, maybe ate some spicy food or something like that and uh, watched too many 
crazy movies. And then you lay down and, and you wake up in terror. You wake up in terror because of what you were thinking and was bouncing around in your mind. It seems as though uh, in this situation, this was a, a message or uh, that came from God, that somehow God gave Pilate this, Pilate's wife this dream. And she says, as she communicates with her husband, as he's in the midst of this, she communicates something very important. If you look, at, uh, look down at the passage, verse 19, it says, besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, have nothing to do with that, what? Righteous man. Righteous man. Do you know what Pilate's wife thought? Not guilty. Not guilty. There's something wrong with this case. And so she interjects into her powerful husband's position. Uh, I had this terrible dream. It was a nightmare. Uh, have nothing to do, have nothing to do with this righteous man. It's not just that he was not guilty, but that he was righteous. He, she knew him to be righteous. She says, this is wrong, what's going on. So you have Pilate saying not guilty. You have Pilate's wife saying not guilty. As you look at the passage, you realize that even the crowd has questions. It says in verse 20, now that the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to just and destroy Jesus. If he was such a bad man, the crowd would have been there, right? You don't have to persuade a crowd. In fact, that same crowd, or maybe parts of that same crowd, a few days earlier had lined the streets saying, Hosanna. Right? You look at that and you go, it wasn't the same people. It wasn't necessarily, you know, they didn't take attendance there and they all showed up again. But now you have a persuasion going on that they're going out there talking about Jesus. You must ask for Jesus to be crucified and not Barabbas. You look at this and you go, wait, the crowd even questions his guilt. And yet this is how this time ends. Verse 22, said to, uh, Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called the Christ? And they all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So what you get there is this. He said, Why? What has he done? Not guilty. There's nothing that can be said, but nonetheless, let him be crucified. Let him be killed. As we consider this, uh, it now comes to the part where Pilate bows to the Jews. He gives them what they want. In verse 24, it says, So when Pilate saw what he was that he was gaining nothing, but rather a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. Uh, one of the things that uh, a Roman governor would do, and very political, uh, his power was given to him by Rome, by Caesar. 
And his job was to keep things quiet, things running well. And so he saw a riot coming about, and he said, this, this would not be good for me. And so uh, he's looking for a way out. He's looking for some kind of compromise that he could get out of this and that this would not turn into something bigger than he wanted it to turn into. So Pilate uh, says, I'll just relent. I'll, I'll give in to the crowd. But he wants to make sure that as his wife warned him, and even as he saw that this man was not guilty, he wants to make sure that he isn't punishing an innocent man. Sense of justice and righteousness and Pilate struggling with, you know. And I think that all of you know this. If you're ever in a position of authority or power, even as a parent, you want to make sure that you're not doing something that's uh, unjust. And so it says this, that in a ceremonial sort of way, uh, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd. This picture of saying, this is not mine. I wash my hands of it. And we, we talk about this over and over again. We say, well, I wash my hands of that situation. It's that picture that Pilate presented before us. As we consider this, uh, so he symbolically washes his hands. He says, uh, his, this blood will not be on me. It won't be on me. It won't be my decision. It won't be because of me. And the crowd grabbed it and said, um, his blood be on us and our children. If you ever ask the question, who killed Jesus? One answer you could give is the Jews killed Jesus. Because without the Jews being there that day, the religious leaders, Jesus would not have been killed in that way. They were the ones who pushed it forward. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the, the outcome of that in a moment. It says this, uh, that we go from him being convicted guilty. Uh, it says at the end, verse 26, then, uh, then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. There's the sentencing right there. He's going to be put to death. Uh, just for a moment, and then we'll come back to him as well. What do you think Barabbas was doing? What just happened? What just happened? He was a famous criminal. He knew that he had done what he had done. And if he was a famous criminal, there would be a sense of that they're, they're happy that he's locked up. That guy deserves it over and over. He's famous for that. And then in a, in a quick turn, he's out free and he's going, what just happened? How can this be that, that I would be guilty and that I would be walking free? This doesn't make sense. Let me uh, try to give you a summary of this Roman trial, some helpful things for us to remember. During this Roman trial, the sinless was found guilty. The sinless was found guilty. And for those of us who love justice, this is a bad section of the Scripture. We love it. We, the sinless was found guilty. Not just guilty of anything, but worthy of death kind of guilty. The sinless was found guilty. 
It seems unjust. It seems like it, it shouldn't have happened. It doesn't seem like this in any way, shape, or form uh, that, that somebody should have got it right. But the sinless is found guilty. Second point, summarizing the, the Roman trial here. Barabbas went free. Barabbas went free. And I want to say it this week, and so do we. So do we. Who are you most like in this story? Are you like Jesus? Or are you like Barabbas? And you say, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not a notorious criminal. I'm not someone who's uh, guilty as charged over and over again. And I want to say, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Um, what, what do you call someone who's committed a crime? A criminal. Does it matter if they did it once? Or they did it 10 times? Or they did it 100 times? They're a criminal, right? Because they've done a crime, and that is identifying. I, I want to tell you, first of all, have you only sinned once? It's just a bad day. It's just a bad day, a moment, a slip, a mistake. Oops. Uh, I want to tell you, uh, you've sinned more than once today. Uh, you've sinned more than 10 times or even 100 times. You are guilty. And so as we identify in this story, we, we think through and we say, what? I'm like Barabbas. Barabbas was set free, and so and so do we. We get set free. A dirty, rotten sinner walked free that day. And what it is for us, as we've accepted Christ, a dirty, rotten sinner has been set free. Think about that. Lastly, uh, as we consider this, God's verdict, the Father's verdict was this. Jesus will pay the price of guilt. Jesus will pay the price of guilt. I think sometimes we look at this story as, even as I uh, put it out there today, I said, you know, um, we are, we're talking about a trial, a trial. And I want to tell you, there, there's another trial, there's another picture that goes on here that we don't see any of the details of. It's God saying, this is what's going to happen here. The guilty, the guilty will go free and the sinless will pay the price. That's the Father's verdict. The Father's verdict. And what I want to place before you as we end today is this. That's the Father's plan. We cry injustice in this world. We cry it shouldn't be this way. We cry, I want to tell you, it, it was injustice for you, but it, it's a greater word. It's grace. It's grace. That the Father had a plan to save us as Barabbas. That, that, that there's a sense of the gospel that as we understand it, we go, how can this be? I'm guilty, and yet I've been set free. How can this be? I want to tell you, how can this be? It's the love of the Father. It's the love of the Father. God so loved the world that He sent His Son. He sent His Son for what purpose? 
where we would leave it, Lord, would not perish, would not be have the, the, the punishment of their own sin as Barabbas deserves. They wouldn't wouldn't perish, but they'd have eternal life. They'd have life forever. And so for those who experience that, I want to tell you, they walk around going, I can't believe it. I can't believe what's happened. It shouldn't have been. I should have been. I was guilty, but I've been set free. I want to tell you, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the good news that he has for you. Do so in faith. Father, thank you for this morning. Uh, Thank you for your love poured out in your son, Jesus. That he was, uh, as part of your plan, was deemed and and judged guilty so that I would live free. God, uh, cause this thought and this idea to permeate every part of our life, that we would not walk in pride, but in humility, knowing that we deserve differently. But your love for us and your son uh, has granted us a different outcome, not just for today, but an eternal outcome, the saving of our souls. God, we were not worth it, but you deemed it so. God, we thank you for what you've done for us in Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. You are dismissed.